How is everyone doing out there? Hope everyone is getting off to a great start. So this is Cooper's Chalk Talk kicking off our third episode. Um, I wanted to really focus on dieting for this episode. I want to talk about the keto and also intermittent fasting. Just, you know, those are the two most popular ones out there right now. And I also want to talk about just macronutrients. You know, that's the most common thing I see is, you know, are you tracking your macros or, you know, are you really truly aware of what is on the back label of what you're putting in your body? You know, are you, are you really understanding what kind of nutrients you need to really look at on the back label of um, of certain items before you actually purchase it and buy and eat them. So, um, so the first thing I want to really talk about was the actual keto diet. I feel like that's the most popular one. Pretty much everybody I know either has a family member or somebody that is on the keto diet. So the keto diet, you know, I think the first thing is to identify what is the keto diet. The keto diet is a high fat diet. Essentially, you only get 20 grams of carbs per day. Um, so once again, let's dumb that down a little bit. 20 grams of carbs a day. One cup of broccoli is six grams of carb carbs. Okay. So that means you can have three cups of broccoli a day and basically eat up all your carbs. You can have one apple a day and actually you can't even eat a whole apple because one apple is 25 grams of carb or 25 grams of carbs is one apple. So you can't even eat an entire apple if you're really truly on this. So another thing to think about is actual, um, like different kinds of the the coffee mixers that you put in your your coffee um the the like sweetening i don't know milk or whatever it is called that i don't know what it's actually necessarily called um but i looked up just the most common things people put in their coffee and the most common things people put in their coffee have about six to eight grams of carbs in it so that means just kicking off your morning say before you even get out of bed or you know before you leave the house essentially you drink your cup of coffee you put your natural sweetener that you you know your coffee sweetener that you put in your drink and that has six grams of carbs and if you're on the keto diet you've already eaten about a third of your overall grams of carbs, which is kind of crazy to think about. Now, there's a couple different options. There's also the moderate to low carb, which is 20 to 50 grams. You have your, like, I don't know why they call it this liberal low carb, but it's 100 grams of carbs or less a day. Um, Once again, those aren't the actual keto diets. Those are just kind of other low carb diets, which, you know, those have been around for a long time. So I really want to focus on the actual keto diet. So... And the keto recipes like are mainly involving fats and proteins. That's usually the biggest one. And then, you know, protein can be converted to glucose in your body. So, you know, the, the big portion of, you know, of limiting your body to only 4% of the energy coming from carbs, um, like the ketogenic recipe means that you're eating three meals a day at a range of about 2000 calories a day. Um, so you'll stay easily below 20 grams of carbs if you really stick true to just eating true proteins and fats. That's all you're eating. So if you, you can really do that if you do stick to that. Now, once again, breaking it down to the dumber levels of just like Western Western dieting is it's going to be a lot more difficult to stay at that if you really, really go about your day and what you consume on a day-to-day basis. So once again, I'm not here to bash the keto diet. I think that there's, you know, there's tons of great things, but I also think it's extremely important before you ever start a diet to be very aware of what's realistic and what's not realistic. So, you know, I think if you ask the average person, like, can you eat 20 grams of carbs a day? But if you dumb it down to being like an apple has 25 grams of carbs, I think the most common person would be like, it's going to be very difficult for me to do that. 
okay? Because, you know, once again, it's we consume things not really truly knowing what is in them and what is actually benefiting our body out of them. So whenever you break things down to a macronutrient level of, you know, having a certain, certain amount of carbs, proteins, fats, but then you even go deeper into getting like into sugar, sodiums, you know, these kind of things as well, they play a huge role on what your body actually does with this item. So why is the keto diet beneficial? The keto diet is beneficial because you're getting out of a ton of preservatives out of your uh, what you're getting from your grains. So for one, just think about if you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's that's what you're going to have, right? So those pieces of bread, they're all preservatives. They're not natural grains. They've all been sitting, they've all been processed. They're basically processed carbs at this point. So your body doesn't, once again, it's not going to know how to digest them. So that's the stuff that goes into your body. Your body truly isn't natural to digesting that so what does it do it stores it for energy later so then that's where you start getting that fat and then also a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is high in sugar because peanut butter and jelly both have a lot of sugar in it um believe it or not no matter what you want to say about fruits fruits are delicious everybody likes fruits but fruits are very high in sugar so you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're going to be consuming a ton of sugar and then you're eating not processed carbs. And then at the same time is, you know, the, the protein or the protein that you're getting out of that is basically coming from the peanuts, which is also high in fats. So you're basically kind of hitting yourself with three strikes right there, right? So essentially, but if, you know, that's, that's the essential just, you know, bare bottom is part of it. So, you know, you do the keto and the keto just basically eliminates the bread. You don't really have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then you're just essentially having peanut butter, you know, because once you start adding jam in, the jam, believe it or not, has carbs in it. So, you know, that's where you start really thinking about the, is, is the keto a realistic diet for the average person? When you, when you really cut back the layers, it's a very difficult thing to do. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is also being aware of what does the keto do for your health long, like long-term wise. So, you know, yo-yo dieting puts a ton of stress on your heart. And that's the biggest part of it is, is, you know, 90% of diets, you know, just fail over a three to five year span. So if you started to diet today, you would be in the 90% chance of failing that diet when you look back within three years. And once again, a lot of it is because these diets, if you really look at them and being like, you can only have 20 grams of carbs for the next three years. Now, you know, let's be realistic. No one's going to do that every week, day in, day out. But, you know, I would say if you looked at a 365 day schedule and you put that towards, you know, three years of 365 days each year, how many days could you do that? I would say it's going to be more and more unrealistic, especially as you get farther and farther into it. Because just like going to the gym, you know, you start out the year, you have these new goals, new plans, you know, like, all right, I'm going to kick this bad boy off. I'm going to get this year going. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to be in there five days a week. And then what happens once you get to about February, then it's about four to three days a week. And then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden you kind of uptick again because you got spring break. You're going to go with your boys, your girls or whatever. You're going to go try to like, you know, adventure out there, enjoy yourselves. But you got to have that beach body. So you're going to get kind of back in the gym, go, you know, that you get back in there for about five days a week, you know. If you're really going to be out on the beach, you know, going to Mexico, you're going to be out there about six days a week. And then what happens when you get back? Then, then all of a sudden you just went out there, you drank, you ate, you did, had a great time, and then you get back. And then all of a sudden you're going to the gym, you know, three to four times a week. And then it goes less and less throughout the year because then you're just starting to adjust to what your daily life can do. So, you know, setting something that's going to be realistic is is very big and especially in what you're eating. So, sorry, kind of went off on a tangent there, but um, getting back to this yo-yo dieting, putting stress on your heart. So, 
whenever you do a yo-yo diet, you know, they, they did a study of this in 2018. And it was it was a study in the journal Circulation. And basically what it said was it found that people who have the greatest variability in measures of cholesterol, blood pressure, and body weight are 2.3 times more likely to die from any cause, but they're more than 40% more likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke. So let's kind of clear that up a little bit. So 2.3 times more likely to die from any cause. It's a very broad statement. That means I, I don't necessarily know exactly what that they're kind of taking times because whenever they do these studies for for medical things like you know anytime they're doing a, a drug study or anything like that they're like oh this person had a 40 percent chance more more likely chance to die from this disease but then they also had a 50 percent chance just more likely to die of any cause so essentially what they're looking at is they're they're just basically saying that whenever you do these yo-yo diets you have a 2.3 times more likely chance of dying from any cause so that can be health related not health related, whatever, but you know, we're sticking to the health related part. But the biggest number there is a 40% more likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke compared to those who stay more stable. So instead of getting in these huge crate, you know, once again, I, I focus on the keto because it is a very, very hard diet to truly stay true on. And once again, if you really look at what this study focused on, it focused on cholesterol, blood pressure, and body weight. Now, if you are consuming extreme amounts of high fats and low carbs and then guess what you start tapering in more carbs slowly because you're a normal person you're not just gonna be all fats one day and then all carbs the next day you're gonna start slowly start tapering it in you're gonna have a banana one day okay you're gonna have have a salad and then you're gonna have breadsticks because you're at olive garden and if you go to olive garden you got to get the breadsticks with the salad so you have some croutons with your salad or whatever so you're gonna start getting this in well, your body is going to start more and more storing those fats and it's going to turn that to cholesterol, which high cholesterol is a killer. That's just, it's, it's very well known. That's why people eat their short, that's why the Cheerios whole thing is low, it lowers your cholesterol. So, you know, cholesterol is a killer, it clogs your arteries. And guess what? That it makes you extremely high for a heart attack or stroke. And the biggest part of that is I, heart attacks are obviously scary because heart attacks kill people. But a stroke, there's nothing like a stroke. If you have a stroke, your life will forever be changed. Your families will forever be changed. And there's there's truly like no worse thing that I've seen just, you know, from a day-to-day -day life of seeing somebody who suffered from a stroke and seeing that, that frustration that they have because they can't control certain portions of their body. They, they've lost a portion basically of of just, you know, their motor functions in a normal day-to-day -day life. So, so I think that's very important to think about as far as, you know, whenever you get into these studies and, you know, getting into these obviously diets as well as, you know, is this something that you can do long-term wise? Now, I'm not trying to scare you off the keto because I think once again, there is a lot of benefits to the keto, but I think it's also being realistic with what you guys can do. So whenever people tell, tell me they're like, Oh, like I'm on, I'm on the keto diet that, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm on the keto diet. I've lost like, you know, once again, most common thing I hear is like, you know, eight to 15 pounds within a two to four week span. So, you know, let's just say on an average, let's say, you know, you have a 35 year old friend, he comes up, I'm on the keto diet, I lost 15 pounds, you know, I'm having a really hard time dropping these other like, you know, five to 10 pounds that I wanted to lose, you know, and then once, once you kind of get into that, you know, I think it's important for, you know, you to look at yourself and be like, oh, like I should do the keto diet. I can lose this weight. You know, this is incredible. But then like look at yourself and be very realistic. Is this something I can be consistent on? And not only that, is this something that 
you know, after I lose this weight, is it going to stay off? Is this something that I want to maintain? Or do I want to maintain not eating, you know, different kinds of breads and stuff? Because I mean, you know, there's carbs are literally in everything. There's a reason why, because carbs are made to, to make the body run, you know? So, and then let's kind of transition into intermittent fasting from here. So, you know, the, the kind of different part of this is it's not necessarily about what you're eating. Obviously, intermittent fasting, in order for it to work, you eat properly. You still have to be aware of what you're putting into your body. But it's more focused on when you're eating. And that, that's kind of the biggest portion of it is. And, you know, there's a couple different options. You know, the most, the most common three one is the 16-8 method. I think that's probably the most common one that you think of is you fast for 16 hours each day. For example, you know, you, you're eating between noon and 8 p.m. Okay, so obviously that's a little bit, you know, later, but that's just, you know, a rough example, okay? Um, and, you know, I, you know, I'm very, very passionate about intermittent fasting simply because my dad did intermittent fasting. He lost a ton of weight. You know, he, he lost close to about 50 pounds. You know, he, he really, really stayed true to it, and he's stayed true to it for over a year. Once again, it's not necessarily about, you know, you're only eating this percentage of carbs or this percentage of fats or anything like that. It's truly trying to eat healthy on a day-to-day basis, but you're sticking true to those time periods. Now, obviously, once again, like anything else, you're going to have different days that, you know, alter that day-to-day method. So, you know, on Christmas, you might eat a little bit later, you might wake up and eat a little bit earlier, you know. So once again, you know, there's going to be a little bit of variation, but it's about out of 365 days, how many days can you be consistent on this? Um, And there's the other eat, stop, eat, um, which is once or twice a week, don't eat anything from dinner one day until dinner the next day. So a 24-hour fast. So once again, that's a little bit more extreme from that aspect is because not eating for an entire day can, you know, you know, when people are hungry, that that's when the, that's when the hunger demons come out and definitely try to get people. So, and then the other patient is a, a five, two diet. Um, so during two days a week, you only eat five to 600 calories. So basically you're eating extreme low calories, you know, just something to kind of gets you through the day. Um, and that's, you know, that those are kind of the three most common ones that are known. So, you know, the, I think the one that I really want to focus on was the 16 and 8 method. And that's because that's, that's the most common one. That's the one, one that pretty much anybody can look up and feel good about. So the 16 and 8 method, you know, the biggest portion of it is, is what are you allowed to eat? Of course, it's going to be like, oh, well, I'm fasting. So I can eat, you know, I can eat Chick-fil-A. I can eat Burger King. I can eat Wendy's. If you're in Texas, I can eat Whataburger. You know, you're going to have these favors that you can eat. But once again, it's about still trying to maintain that healthy diet. So for example, my dad's the best example I have. So every morning he wakes up, he eats, he eats uh, brown sugar oatmeal. That's his thing. He, he eats it every morning. He has his cup of coffee. That's what he does. For lunch, he has a protein salad. So he has a salad, balsamic vinaigrette, and a large protein. And then for dinner, he has a, that's his kind of hearty meal. So he has, you know, you know, eight to 10 ounce steak, you know, he has a baked potato, you know, he, he, that's where he gets the, the majority of his food from. Now, my dad's also a 66-year-old guy, okay? He's not, it's not like he's out there running marathons, chopping wood, doing any of that stuff, okay? He, he's, he's a 66-year-old guy, you know, he does his, he does, he's active, you know, he does his walking and stuff daily, but, you know, once again, so I'm just giving that as an example of, you know, he only truly eats, you know, probably three large meals a day. He drinks, you know, a little bit of tomato juice. That's his, that's his favorite drink of choice, I guess. Um, but that's kind of his, that's his daily life, right? So, you know, you kind of put this into like a normal person's life of, let's say, you know, you're a 30 year old dad, right? You're like, all right, I want to start this off. I want to, I want to be an intermittent fasting. I'm going to try this, a 16, eight method. Um, so let's just say that when you're eating, let's, let's pump everything up 
to let's go up three hours, right? So instead of 12 to eight, we're going to go from nine to five. Okay. It's just like your job. You're going to work nine to five. So that's your eating schedule, nine to five. So the good part about this is it initiates your eating because when you haven't eaten since five o'clock the next day, guess what? You're going to wake up and you're going to be hungry. So you're going to look forward to that nine o'clock meal. And the, the, probably the biggest thing with, especially, you know, I'm a millennial. The biggest thing in millennial generation is I don't eat breakfast. You know, I drink coffee, I drink juice, I do this, I do that. It's not, I eat natural mood. I don't eat natural meal. So if you force your body to eat a meal because you're hungry and you haven't, you haven't eaten for, you know, you're going on, you're going on 16 hours of not eating, you're going to be ready to eat some food. And when I say eat food, you're going to be, you're going to want something real, some, some real tangible food. So the next portion of it is, is being very cognizant of what you're putting into your body. Now you don't necessarily need to be out there, you know, counting how much carbs is and stuff, how much fats are and things, but you do want to be cognizant of, you know, if you're trying to be healthy, you're trying to eat a healthy lifestyle, you know, you want to put good natural food in your body. So, you know, a great thing to do is, you know, eating whenever you eat your eggs in the morning. I, I, I love eating eggs in the morning. I think that's like my go-to is instead of eating five eggs, you know, eat three eggs and eat two egg whites. So, you know, and once again, just like little things like that, you're cutting out a ton of fat, you're still getting in a good amount of protein. Um, and then there's other things that you can add into that, you know, you can still get good fats out of other things throughout your day. Um, but just trying to minimize some of the some of the things that, you know, that will add a little bit of weight onto, you know, being being cognizant of what you're doing. And also going into your day with a goal of what is the macronutrients we're talking about? What, what do you what are you trying to get? What is your goal? So, you know, anytime that you should be trying to eat throughout your day, you should be trying to have some kind of goal of, you know, carbs to fats to proteins, you know, is it, you know, a, you know, I think the most, the most common one, anytime you look at, you know, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, the average person is probably about, you know, 50% carbs, 30% protein and about 20% fats. That's probably the average person. So if you're trying to lose weight, you want to shift that around a little bit because you want to obviously have less carbs than that. You want to have more protein and, you know, you want to keep your fats probably around that same way. So I mean, the most simplest way to kind of do it is when you start kind of flipping that up by about 10, you know, then all of a sudden you're into about a 40, 40, 20 split. So once again, very different than the keto diet, because you were talking about 40% of your diet is coming from actual carbs in this, in this mindset. Whereas in the keto diet, only 4% of your diet is, is going from that. So, you know, that you're eating 10 times the amount of carbs you would be. But once again, it's what kind of carbs you're eating. So, you know, some very, very good just kind of tricks for the trade, something that I've kind of learned as I've done, you know, I've I've transitioned my body substantially from the composition of what it was two years ago to what it is today. Um, and it's just by choosing the right foods, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of proteins, what kind of, um, carbs and all this kind of stuff are you putting into your body? It's not that like, Oh, I can eat, you know, I can eat fried chicken or, you know, it's, it's nothing like that. So choosing some good actual alternatives, sweet potatoes are one of my go-tos. I love those. Um, and you know, the, the flavor of them, you know, that once again, there's not a huge difference between, you know, a sweet potato and normal potato. If you put them on two different, you know, chopping blocks, you're like, oh, what is different? There's not a huge difference. But once again, you talk about flavor, some taste, you know, there's, 
It's extremely good. And what am I saying whenever we're talking about actual good and not necessarily processed carbs? So, you know, finding finding a good grain bread is, is always a fantastic thing to do. You know, and once again, you know, not to get all Mother Earth on, on anybody or anything like that, but, you know, you can find some really great grains at some like local stores. So, you know, Whole Foods is a great one. And the most common thing that I would say is, well, to eat healthy costs a lot of money. And, you know, going to Whole Foods is not cheap. I'll, I'll promise you that. But there's a lot of different things that you can do, even just at your normal grocery store, of getting sweet potatoes, eating rice, get brown rice, you know, being just being cognizant of that. So, so just getting that kind of stuff in, I promise you, their vegetables aren't a high, aren't, they're not charging you an arm and a leg for vegetables, you know, and you can get your carbs from vegetables. So once again, that I think that that can be very quickly dismissed in just, you know, how are you trying to eat? So if you're just trying to go to Whole Foods and get all your food from Whole Foods, you're trying to eat everything organic, yeah, it's going to be expensive. But there are ways that you can you can still eat healthy and not necessarily you don't have to be organic you don't have to be like that but you can still get good nutrients from foods and just being staying away from the processed stuff the easy stuff you know the the hot Cheetos you know all that stuff because you know that's that's not your body doesn't know how to digest that and it's going to instantly get stored in the body. Um, and the next portion of it is is to is I think the best example of going through a going through a Chipotle line. I think that this is something that you know I've done with, done with a number of people, and you know I've actually gone through with a couple doctors as well. Just talking about you know what do you do whenever you come through a Chipotle line, and you know what do, what does a patient go through whenever they go through um, a Chipotle line, and the reason why we talk about that is because you know there's different options that you have in a Chipotle line that takes a very you know, relatively healthy lunch to being just as bad as going down to Red Robin and grabbing a burger with cheese and all that stuff on it. So whenever you look at whenever you go into a Chipotle line, you know, you get, you know, you you, got, you have two choices of rice, you have beans, and you have your proteins. And I can promise you, you know, the chicken is coming from chicken thigh. So, you know, whenever you think about it, just know that that chicken is going to be fattier than the steak in all honesty. So I know that sounds crazy, but the chicken is fattier than the steak at Chipotle because they're using chicken thigh, and that's why it tastes so damn good. And then the next portion of it is, is then all of a sudden you're getting into all the all the good stuff. So you get the salsas, you know, that's not not a whole lot of change. Um, you're gonna get more carbs from from the corn and that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden you're gonna get to the the really the stuff that's gonna make or break that meal. So sour cream, cheese, um, guacamole. So you get into that and then all of a sudden you're starting to look at, you're taking a meal and you're going to basically essentially double or triple the amount of fat that you're eating just by adding the cheese and sour cream. And I know everybody's like, oh, well, that's like the stuff that I like. And whenever you start to slowly restrict yourself from cheese and fats and just you start to restrict that out of your diet, you start to truly enjoy the tasting of your food. So the the salsas i know the the most common thing i hear is like oh the salsas are just like you know it's like it's like ketchup or whatever you know they don't think that it's like very authentic that's all fine but whenever you actually just have like the pico de gallo you can taste the onions you can taste the cilantro you can taste that kind of stuff you're actually tasting that rather than just tasting this just blob of just dairy over all your food so you can't even really taste any food you're just tasting this fat and the reason why it tastes so good is because you know, once again, we're going to get back to this like survival mode of intermittent fasting trains your body to be hungry. 
So it goes into survival mode and it's going to burn off the fat that it doesn't need because it's in survival mode. It's thinking that, you know, like, oh, like we need to store only the essentials because we need to burn off this other stuff. We're not going to get food for 16 hours. So then all of a sudden what's going to happen is your body's going to be back into this, into this survivor mode. So then, you know, these fats that you're going to be tasting, it's going to taste even better. And that's why naturally, whenever you have some of these, you know, sour creams, cheese, you know, that is just pure fat, which, you know, once again, we talked about this in the keto diet, there's ways that you can do that and have that in your diet and have it be healthy for you. But if you're going to be eating large amounts of carbs and you're going to be adding cheese and sour cream, that stuff is just turning instantly into fat. So you're taking what you're thinking is, you know, a pretty, pretty decent, healthy meal. And you're just adding all this fat and your body's not going to be able to digest it. So that's what, that was what I really wanted to talk about today. You know, I know that it's, it's not extremely, um, sports related necessarily, but you know, I think, I do think that there is a huge portion of people that, you know, they're looking at a diet, they're, you know, a lot of people are scared to ask questions of being like, you know, like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I've been, been trying to diet for so long. I'm trying to lose this weight. I have this like trouble fat. Every, every single person has this trouble fat. Okay. And, you know, I don't care what anyone says about it being a genetic thing or whatever. Like if, if you really, really want to do something, there is a way, there is a way. My, my family is known for being, being large. You know, my, you know, I have, you know, all my grandparents are on the larger side. You know, my, my dad, I told you he lost 50 pounds. He was, he was a relatively bigger guy and he lost 50 pounds. And you know, it's not easy, you know, to, to transition your body from not eating whatever you want to and eating, you know, what sounds good and transitioning your body. But the only way to do it is if you just do it, you know, myself, you know, once again, I went from, you know, about 215, 220 to about from about a 30% body fat, which, you know, is, a, you know, I look at it now and I'm actually embarrassed. You know, I look at old pictures and, you know, me and my, me and my fiance kind of laugh at it, but it's, it's truly embarrassing to see those pictures. But, you know, then I think about it and I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm in such a better place. My body composure is so much better. And, you know, and it's strictly because, you know, I stick to a pretty strict diet. You know, I, I don't eat, I don't eat hardly any cheese. You know, I don't eat, there's just certain things I don't allow myself to eat. And once again, it's because once I allow that breakdown, that's where you start falling into that 90% breaking your diet because, oh, well, you know, cheese tastes good. That's true. But if you can, if you can only eat cheese for a very select few days of the year, like everybody likes pizza. Like I eat pizza very, very occasionally, but when I do like there's cheese on it and I eat it, I enjoy it. But once again, like how many days out of the year are you eating it? How many days out of the year are you truly enjoying it? So that's where I think that diets are extremely important. And you know, my buddy, uh, Pat Ryan actually put something up on his Instagram that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, for every one pound you lose, you're taking four pounds off your joints. So just to throw that out there, my dad lost 50 pounds. He took 200 pounds of pressure off his joints. My dad's had two knee surgeries um, prior to him losing his weight. And now he's able to walk. He's able to be functional. He's probably more, he's probably able to be more function, functional now at 66 than he was whenever he was 63, which goes a very long way. It's something I'm very proud of. You know, I'm proud of my dad and you know, I was talking with my brother earlier today, you know, he's, you know, and he asked me, and this is what I kind of wanted to end on is he was like, you know, I want to, I want to lose weight. What do I need to cut out? I, I, I need to either cut out sugar or dairy. I don't want to cut out both right away because it's going to be hard and I'm going to be grumpy and I don't want to do that. So what's going to make the biggest impact and then I can transition I was, you know, and I will say this time and time again, like if you can cut sugar out of your diet and truly minimize the amount of sugar you're getting into your daily diet it'll go a very long way. Now, with that being said, does that mean eating an apple is bad for you? 
No, because you're getting a lot of natural fiber. Now you're drinking an apple juice. Is that bad for you? Yes, because you're basically just drinking sugar water. So once again, being very cognizant of what kind of stuff you're putting in your coffee. You know, that's, I talked to one of my, um, one of my cardiologists and he told me that he, he thinks that one of the biggest uprisings in such, you know, the kind of cardiac crazy events that we see in pretty much everyday life, you know, the, the Vikings defensive coordinator died. And I think he was only like, you know, what, 56 years old or something like that. Like pretty young guy, you know, my, you know, the cardiologist says he's like, it's because people drink their calories. They're not aware of what they're putting into their body. You know, you think about, you see all these people that go and they go to, they go to Starbucks and they get as much whipped cream and caramel and stuff you can put in a cup that's quote unquote coffee, but you're just, you're basically starting your day off with a dessert. So, you know, just be cognizant of that stuff. Be aware of it. You know, if you can choose your ways around it, I, I would strongly recommend it. And, you know, if you if you disagree with me, you know, feel free to, to leave me a message. You know, I, I'm always open to criticism, um, especially when it comes to dieting. You know, I'm I'm not a dietitian. I'm just somebody who I, I've gone through different experiences. I've had a lot of a lot of ups and downs with dieting. Um, and as well as, you know, I, I, I try to help people, you know, just in, just in their personal lives as well as trying to get on their own diet, diet success as well. So, so once again, I'm going to kind of leave it there. Once again, no sports this time. Um, we're going to have a heavy sports one on Tuesday, but I did want to talk about diet. I thought it was pretty interesting and I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, but hope you guys have a great Monday and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.